This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode number 91. What is truth? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric. Glad you could join us for episode number 91, What is Truth? You know, 2,000 years ago, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus Christ, What is truth? But would you be able to answer this question to tell someone not only what truth is, but where it can be found? Can you know the truth? Is truth relative? Or is there absolute truth to be found? If so, where? Find out today the answers to these questions in this episode of That's in the Bible. Because Steve has the answers, don't you, Steve? Steve's still muted. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to get for my answer. <laughs> oh, that was his answer. No, yes, I know where the truth is. Yes, okay. All right. So we'll hear more. We'll, we will hear more of Steve as he explains to us where truth can be found. Just defer to Eric. That's all I'm going to do. Steve, could you make your volume a little louder? Uh, sure. I think. If you could even get a little closer, maybe. That's, that, that's something you don't usually hear while you're preaching, huh? No, no, not me. <laughs> Is that any better? Very I think, good. I think it might be. Yeah. So, Steve, how are you doing? Are you uh, in? Secluded still, or what's going on over there in, in Buffalo? We are secluded. Uh, our king governor, Governor Cuomo, has uh, got us uh, uh, in a pause uh, for until the f- 15th of May. And uh, I think, uh, like many of the other Democratic uh, governors, they're probably going to f- lengthen that or at least maybe come out of it a little bit. But I think they like the power in telling people what they can do and what they can't do. But, um, uh, you know, just we're still secluded and so forth. Um, got something to do tomorrow. Uh, I've got a, uh, one of people in my church, uh, her grandfather passed away. And, and uh, believe it or not, they're allowing some uh, short, small service to take place. And so I'll be doing that tomorrow at, or late, after, uh, late morning. And uh, so... Uh, Nothing really elaborate or anything like that, but just something for the family. And so we'll be doing that tomorrow morning. Amen. And Pastor Strobel in beautiful, I don't know if it's sunny, it's sunny here in Lockport, New York. Yep, I actually am in beautiful, sunny Lockport, New York, and it's nice to have a sunny day. It actually turned out a lot nicer today than I think we were anticipating. And it's finally able to have... You know, a semi-nice day to work outside. I still had to bundle up just a bit, but a day when I could actually have conducive weather to work outside and then have the time to do it. All the other nice days come when I when I just I couldn't get to it, so I finally got the lawn mowed <laughs> and uh, everything looking nice. Um, also, just, uh, you know, lots of things that I'm trying to keep up with here between our, our church services, which we're, of course, doing as a live stream service uh, without without having, like like so many people are, uh, without having folks meet in, in the church 
we're also uh, getting ready to, uh, Lord willing, launch a new website here before too long, and I have work pending to do on that. Oh. And we had a very, very interesting thing a couple Sundays ago. Um, after the uh, service, you know, the people, we, we have just a very, you know, a little skeleton crew that helps us, uh, which, you know, we do according to the rules. Um, but after that, we had a uh, wedding and the way they, this, they were supposed to get married, these, this couple in Florida. And of course, everything changed. Um, and he, she was going to move up here. So she wound up getting up here earlier. They couldn't do the wedding in Florida. So we had me, the couple, and then, you know, one witness apiece. They have to have two witnesses for the uh, signatures on the marriage certificate. So we had uh, just the minimum amount of people that you could have to do it. And uh, gave him a nice little wedding after our Sunday morning service at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Nice, cool. And Matt, Matt Sutton up, uh, you're in an, uh, what an igloo right there up in the Arctic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do have to say, if uh, if you hear my dog bark, uh, he's trying to get out of the music, igloo. They're getting music. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Here's my microphone off. I You're talked. Good. I talked over you, though. What, what okay. were you saying about the dog barking? <laughs> my when you were doing the music, the introduction music, my dog barked. I had the uh, microphone on mute, and it just about scared me to death. <laughs> 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 She's right behind me, so if you hear her barking, it's because they've been uh, handing out mucktuck and whale, which is mucktuck is whale skin and blubber and then they're also handing out the whale meat too so they knock on our door if i don't answer the door they just leave it there but my dog barks at everything so if you hear her bark it's uh that's what it is <laughs> that's pretty neat then and when they go on whaling they're not using like big trawlers or anything to bring those whales in right no this is all subsistence living so uh what happens is they have, of course, the old-fashioned boats that uh, are wrapped in seal skin, and they get those ready every year right before they go out. And <clears throat> some do have, you know, fiberglass boats with an engine on it, but you know those are still small. But the um, the traditional boats they get to have first dibs of the whale, and then if uh, the whale goes too far out for them to go out there with their oars, then they allow the fiberglass boats to go out and get the whales so I just can't imagine how cold it is out there you know to be out there on that yeah. water yeah actually it's not too bad right now it's uh about seven degrees with the wind chill <laughs> so it's really not you know it's really not bad compared to what it usually is so and you got the sun now too so so that brings it up to seven degrees with the sun <laughs> yeah <laughs> And that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. They, you know, they really, you know, they've got some good parkas and things like that. that they, they make themselves. So they're all, they're all ready to go. And, but, you know, things are going well here. We, we started church up again. We got the go ahead from the mayor of the village here and we're able to start services. The only thing we haven't started yet is King's Kids Up Again, our children's ministry, but hopefully we'll be able to start that up here soon. And uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that, but things are starting to Amen. get back to normal a little bit. So it's uh, awesome. How many cases of COVID-19 does the village have? We don't have any. So that's a blessing. We, I guess, um, you know, the bigger cities like Fairbanks and... Anchorage, I guess Anchorage is having like three more cases a day. So it's kind of increased a little bit. So 
Uh, we're still not able to fly out. We're still not able to fly in. Like if anybody wants to fly in right now, but they are making exceptions, of course, for whalers or people coming in, you know, to help out or whatever. So, but so I guess that's how it's kind of stopped. You know, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. So I guess that's one good thing about it. Yeah. You kind of, that isolation is, is really social distancing to, to an extreme, isn't it? Way up there in the Arctic. Yeah, and I've, I just wanted to say, too, if anybody wants to join the elite subscription of that's in the Bible, I've got plenty of whale meat and blubber on ice, and uh, it's, it's raw. You could uh, you just join the subscription, and I'll mail it out to you. Maybe I'll get some uh, dry ice, and, and you can go go for it. Uh, I hear Steve laughing. <laughs> yeah. He'll be the first well, well, one. He got me to eat it when I went up there, and I said, no, thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't even try it. Nope. Didn't even try it. Didn't even nope. try it. Nope. What if it was really good and you you had missed out on it? I guess I'd just miss out. Hmm. I'll, I'll make the sacrifice. I'll let him have more. <laughs> You're so good. He's so me. anxious to get away with it. I I, I, I see an ulterior motive there. <laughs> Wants to see it. I was already going to take a video of you eating it. I don't know. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it is beautiful up there, though. I know it's cold and and uh, unpopulated, but it's it's there's a beauty to it too, though. It's it's a different kind of beauty uh, in that it's flat and gravel, sand. Uh, <laughs> but it but it, really, it does, it does have a yeah, it sounds really beautiful. I'm trying to make it as appealing as I can. <laughs> Trying to lift up the tourism up there, yes. Uh, the the beaches uh, have a kind of a blackish hue to them, uh, so it's kind of neat that way. <laughs> well, Hawaii has black beaches too, so what? what yeah, but, yeah, there's a little difference in the temperature. You know? <laughs> well, Matt, you know, you you were talking about those guys going out on the on the water out there, but I mean, you know, you're right on the Arctic Ocean. And you're on that kind of a peninsula out there, and you've got 20-mile-an-hour winds. I mean, I've seen Erie with 20-mile-an-hour winds, and that's pretty rough. And uh, for those guys to be going out doing the whaling when, when they have, you know, 20-mile-an-hour wind, and uh, I don't know how long those, those uh, traditional boats are. I remember seeing one on the rack, uh, you know, in, I guess you could say storage, didn't have the seal skins on it that's right uh, next door neighbor to your house. I'd say it's probably 20, 25 feet long, I suppose. But, yeah. you know, it's, it doesn't have really, uh, you know, big sides. I mean, but, you know, still being in something like that in waves out there in the ocean, I, I just can't imagine, you know, and, and obviously powered by oars. Uh, I don't know how many they have in a crew that, that uh, rows for it, but, but uh, I can't imagine it being overly safe <laughs> being out there in the water you know with 20 mile an hour winds and stuff like that so i just picture you harp you're in that little 20 foot almost like a canoe and you harpoon a whale it's like the whale caught you instead of you caught the whale like the whale <laughs> whale just drags you, have to, you. Wear, have to wear it out yeah unbelievable and matt you're not able to go out i know you'd want to right well yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rule is 
you're not supposed to go out there. You're not at least not supposed to hunt the whales because I'm not, you know, of course a native, but mm-hmm. I can go out on the ice and I've been invited by a couple of whaling captains to go out there, but, um, just haven't gone out there yet. Hmm. Has brother Serena gone? Yeah. The first, I think the first couple of years he, yeah. uh, he would go out on the ice. I don't think he's ever been in the boat, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got to run back and forth between the village and, uh, you know, a couple miles out on the ice. Hmm. So is the ice still attached to the, um, to the land there now? Or is it yeah. floating away? No, right now it's still good. So it just depends on, you know, which the, which way the wind comes. But we got to, uh, when they have a Northern wind, it's perfect. So that's what they look yeah. for. And so we've had a North wind for, a week and a half now, I think at least. So it's been, it's been perfect conditions. I mean, they, they've been catching four wells a day for, they were catching like four dells away, four wells a day for, you know, two to three days. So wow. they were really, they were really, well, I was four, four wells one day. And then I think three wells the other day. And then it might've been two, two or three wells the other day. So it's pr- pretty un- unbelievable. So are they processing them on the ice then, or do they bring them yeah, back they to do. shore and process them? No. Nope. Yeah, they process it, you know, they, they cut it up there on the ice and then bring it back to the village and then they, you know, cut it up more once they get back to the village. But, you know, they just have their snowmobiles and they have sleds behind their snowmobiles and then just, uh, bring it back. Um, uh, brother Serena, which is the other mission that's out here. He told me a funny story when he first got out here and he was doing that for them going back and forth with his snow machine, snowmobile. And he, he had a whole bunch of, uh, well, you know, meat and muck tuck well skin and blubber um on his sled and he was just exhausted at one point so he uh halfway between the village and you know out on the ice there he just stopped his snow machine and just sat back and just you know took a nap for a little bit <laughs> or just rested his eyes and somebody else came by and said what are you doing you're like a big popsicle for a for a um you know a polar bear you can't be out here without a gun and just you know, sitting out here laying down on your snow machine because <laughs> you got all this bloody meat and everything, and so it was funny. <laughs> so. That'd wake you up. <laughs> yeah. Thought of that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have that in Buffalo, Steve? No. No. It's, cr- no, it's pretty. It's pretty common comparatively. Looking speaking. forward to going crappie fishing, but that's about it. So. Not quite the same, huh? No, not quite. All right, well we're going to we're going to take a short break and we'll be back right after right after this. Do you have insurance coverage on your home and car? Do you have insurance coverage to take care of your body? Do you have insurance coverage to provide for your funeral expenses? I bet the answer to all these questions is yes. What does all this mean? It means that you're responsible enough to make sure that you are prepared for the unexpected, right? Well, I'm here to offer you the most important type of insurance coverage, and it's free. That's right, 100% free. This insurance coverage is on your soul. It will help you prepare for the unexpected. You know, what happens to your soul when you die? Insurance coverage is expensive, but yet you are willing to pay for it to protect your material things, your physical health, and to provide for your funeral expenses. So the important question is, why aren't you willing to ensure what will happen to your soul when you die. And this insurance won't cost you anything. It's free. Your life insurance coverage takes care of your physical body when you die. Why aren't you willing to be sure your spiritual body, your soul, is also taken care of? Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior now. 
Accept his free insurance coverage for your soul. And we've got several representatives that are willing to take your phone call here. Amen. <laughs> well, that's good. Amen. Amen. To, help Amen. You, to help you secure your soul. Yeah. Well, I want to thank my wife, Kathy. Yeah. that together. Amen. Amen. Good job. All right. So today we're going to look at what is truth. So it's only going to run about 30 minutes, but Steve's going to bolster that up at the end because he's got some other things to add. Right, brother? The mischievous host that you are, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, if everybody's ready, we'll go ahead and get started then. Here we go. Welcome to today's podcast on what is truth. If you could turn to uh, Isaiah 59, I suggest that you have a Bible available to you. We're going to look at King James Bible today. We're going to look at a number of verses. So if you'd like to follow along, I'd certainly encourage you to do so. And we're going to be starting in Isaiah 59. And our topic, as I said today, is what is truth? You know, a lot of people today have an idea of what they believe truth to be. And we're going to take a look at what the Bible says, and we're going to look at a couple of other sources before that to see what is truth. But as I said, we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 59. In Isaiah 59, it begins, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. You know, the prophet Isaiah is proclaiming to a people that their sins have separated them from God, and also truth has been discarded. It has fallen in the streets. I know some folks might feel the same way that this could certainly apply to today. Well, let's take a look at truth other than found in the Bible. So, truth in the dictionary, for example. If you look up truth in the dictionary, it's said to be conformity to fact or reality, exact accordance with that which is or has been or shall be. You know, there is this notion put forth today by many that, well, all truth is relative meaning something could be right for you, it could be your truth, but maybe not mine. The motivation behind this all-truth-is-relative idea is said to be open-minded and accepting of everyone and everything. Of course, this open-minded and all-accepting notion shuts down when a Bible believer says there is a standard of truth, an absolute standard of revealed truth is found in the Bible. But does the idea of there being no absolute truth and only relative truth make any sense? Is it reality? For example, if a person believes that rat poison is good for them, 
Is that truth? If they believe that they can fly and jump out of a tenth-story window, will they fly? Does this conform to fact or reality? Somehow today, it has become fashionable to believe that truth is not based on reality, but is relative to a person's preferences. So, if there is in fact absolute truth, where is it, and how can it be found? Is absolute truth found on television? If so, which channel? Is it in the science of today? You know, so much of what is called science today, or science falsely so-called, will be thrown out and replaced with the new science of today's today, tomorrow. Former vice president and presidential candidate and environmental activist Al Gore came out with a movie some years back called An Inconvenient Truth. Interesting title, isn't it? He put the word truth into his movie title. He called it An Inconvenient Truth, in which he proclaimed truth to be that man is destroying the environment, which could certainly bring about the end of mankind on the earth. Now, was his inconvenient truth absolute truth? Even in the religious realm, the Italian-Roman Catholic Pope followed the same line of reasoning recently when he stated during an address regarding Earth Day that we have sinned against the earth and we will have no future if we destroy the environment that sustains us. But is that truth? Someone here is not reading their Bible. Now, the actor Tom Cruise, who follows uh, Scientology, which is a religion made up by a dead science fiction writer, said in a movie that he wanted the truth. Let's listen to that short clip. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You know, the actor Tom Cruise said he wanted the truth, that he was entitled to the truth, and the actor Jack Nicholson said he couldn't handle the truth. In reality, that probably applies to both actors. They probably couldn't handle the truth. This also probably applies to many others today. All right, well, let's look at truth according to the Bible. And I want to be transparent and honest about this. To talk about truth as revealed in the Bible, I'm going to lay out some basic beliefs. As a Bible believer, I accept two major tenets. Number one, that the Bible was inspired by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It also says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we can see that the Bible was inspired by God by these two verses. But even beyond that, the other second tenet is this, that the Bible has been preserved without error in English today, meaning the actual words have been preserved for us. God's word bound in one book that we can hold in our hand and believe. The book of Psalms, chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, read this way. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt 
Keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them for this generation forever. So not only is the Bible inspired, but God said he would preserve those very words. Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. You know, it shouldn't be surprising that God takes great stock in the actual words and not just a message. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, quote, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Unquote. You know, if you'd like to do a good Bible study, run down words in a concordance and you might be surprised at the importance they are given in the Bible. So, in looking at the Bible, uh, those two major tenets that I believe is that the Bible was inspired by God and it has been preserved for us today. The actual words preserved for us today that we can have. And uh, some of those verses that or those verses that I just uh, gave to you are, are the reason why I believe that. And there's many more verses that um, would talk about this as well. So some may say that these tenets are based on faith. I would say that the truth of the Bible is proven by fulfilled prophecy and archaeology. But again, that's, that's another study. Let's again be honest and recognize that all of us take a lot of things by faith. You know, when we get into an airplane, we don't really understand how such a huge, heavy aircraft is able to fly with all of the passengers and luggage on board. But we do it anyway because we have faith that it will fly. We can't really prove why it flies other than we just trust that it will. The same thing with our car. And how about even gigantic cruise ships or aircraft carriers? You know, it might seem that something so massive would not be able to stay afloat, but they do. And we trust that they will. In so many areas of our life, we don't fully understand, you know, we just live by faith. Let's face it, we all have faith in something. Even so-called secular humanists have a set of beliefs. They can't prove them, but they accept them really solely on faith. I'm going to play for you a clip of Pastor Bruce Varner of Bible Baptist Fellowship, and he puts it this way. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't live by faith and doesn't die by faith. It may not be your faith, but they have faith. Most academics, they avoid the admission or implication of faith in their life or in their belief system. They couch much of their explanation in these humanist manifestos and $10 words, which uh, are words that you have to spend money to learn what they mean. You know, uh, a fellow once said, education is, is learning how to speak in a way that nobody else understands you. And, uh, you know, sometimes you think of that uh, when you talk, listen to people that have been through uh, high levels of education. It seems like they, the more complex and more complicated they can make a, make a matter. Uh, the better that they feel. All right, but here's some uh, here's some affirmations <laughs> of the humanists. Uh, but these are really assumptions, and they're statements of faith. You can't you can't believe you can't prove these things. The universe is self-existent. Number one, number two, uh, second assumption or faith or statement of faith of humanism. Man is the result of natural processes. There's evolution. Can't prove that, but uh, people believe them. Nothing exists except the material and physical. Uh, and uh, that's that's uh, believing a whole lot. 
There's no spirit of God. There's no Holy Ghost. There's no spirit of the devil. There are no fallen angels. There are no devils. <laughs> these things, uh, they're all, uh, they don't exist according to these assumptions. See, according to this belief system, humanism, uh, nothing exists except the material and physical. Don't even consider it. That's an assumption. And there's many more. Self-realization and expression are the ends of human life. Um, there's no judgment to give account to. There's no accountability. There's no heaven. There's no hell. Uh, no God has intervened in human history. No God has revealed himself. These are assumptions of humanism. But the point I want you to make is that no matter who you are, dear friend, we're all starting on the same platform. That is, we all have assumptions. We all have faith. We all start with faith. And you're, you and me, uh, we should be willing to examine our assumptions. So is it more than fair to say that everyone has faith in something, not just Bible-believing Christians? So back to our main question. What is truth? What does the Bible say truth is? You know, not only is Tom Cruise looking for truth, but 2,000 years ago, Pontius Pilate asked our Lord Jesus Christ the same question. Look in John chapter 18. Turn to the book of John in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 18, and we're going to look at verse 38. John, chapter 18, verse 38 says, Pilate saith unto him, speaking to Jesus, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. You know, he asked this question while looking right at truth personified. Truth is standing right in front of him. Take a look at John while we're in the book of John and turn to chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Our Lord Jesus Christ is truth. What is truth? our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we'll see this attribute of Jesus as truth also at the Incarnation. <clears throat> in the book of John, again, go back to chapter 1, and in chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look a few verses down now to verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So answering this question, what is truth? We can say, and certainly can prove from Scripture, that Jesus Christ is truth. But we can also say that the Holy Spirit is truth. Now we're going to turn back to 1 John Towards the back of your Bible. First John chapter five. And in first John chapter five, verse five, we read this Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? And verse six says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, 
because the Spirit is truth. So here we see clearly that the Holy Spirit is truth. We're going to see this title again used in the book of John. I'm going to turn back, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, to chapter 14 of John. And in chapter 14 of John, starting in verse 16, we read this. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So here we see the title of truth, the Spirit of truth, identified with the Holy Spirit. Now let's turn to John chapter 15, one chapter over, and we're going to look at verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And then John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Truth. So we have two members of the Godhead, or the Trinity, designated as truth, or the truth. But what of God the Father? Let's turn back to the Old Testament and look in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to look at chapter 32, and in chapter 32, beginning in verse 1, it says this, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe be greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Let's turn to the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalms chapter 31. And in Psalms chapter 31, we're going to look at verse 5, which says, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Isaiah chapter 65 now. The book of Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah 65 verse 16 that he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from mine eyes. So here we have the complete Godhead given the designation of truth. God the Father is truth, God the Son is truth, and God the Holy Spirit is truth, as revealed in Scripture, the Bible. I know what some of you may be thinking, okay, we have seen, okay, God is truth, but where does that leave the Bible? Can we trust the Bible itself to be truth? Well, glad you asked. 
Because not only is each member of the Godhead revealed to be truth, but the Word of God, the Bible itself, is also truth. Turn again to the book of John. And we're going to look at chapter 17 in the book of John. We're going to look at 1717, an easy one to remember. John 1717 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know, when I first started attending uh, First Bible Baptist Church in Lockport, that uh, was before Pastor Strobel was there, there was Pastor Phillips, and he used a pulpit. And uh, one of the reasons I remember that this passage so well is because on the front of the pulpit, it was a wood pulpit, carved in the front was a shield and a sword, and it also had that saying, uh, that verse, uh, John 17, 17, 17, John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. We also want to look at a verse that instructs us to study the Bible and to be aware of the divisions in the Bible, and that's found in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you would turn there, please. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, we're going to turn to Ephesians. We'll see this again in Ephesians. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 12. The Bible says, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And one more, we're going to look in the book of Luke, chapter 4. Book of Luke chapter 4, verse 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If God requires the word of God to live by, we have to have the word of God, and it has to be truth. So can we trust the Bible? Jesus himself said in John seventeen seventeen that the word of God was truth. Not believing that the Bible is truth, is to not believe our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's think for a minute. What is the opposite of truth? The opposite of truth is a falsehood, right? Or a lie. It's important to remember that God cannot lie. And if you say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen that in Scripture before. Well, let's take a look in the book of Titus. We're going to look in Titus chapter 1. And we're going to look in Titus chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 begins, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, 
and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So, there it is in Scripture. God cannot lie. But, just for good measure, we'll also turn to Numbers, chapter 23. Book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. And it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? But the beginning of that verse where it says, God is not a man that he should lie. It's important to note, God can't lie. So if God can't lie, what is going on here? Where do falsehood and lies originate? Well, let's look again in the book of John. I know we're spending a lot of time in John. It's a great book. Jesus is speaking to the scribes and Pharisees and says this in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And verse 45 says, And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. So here we see the devil in stark contrast with God. In fact, the complete opposite of the Godhead of the Bible. God cannot lie. The devil is a liar and the father of it. The Godhead and the Bible are truth. The devil abides not in the truth and has no truth in him. Perhaps this is why God takes such a dim view of lying, because it's so closely associated with the devil. You know, when God lists six things that he hates, yea, seven are an abomination in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19, lying gets a double billing, a double warning or admonition. So let's look in Proverbs chapter 6. Verses 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Let's also look at, before we go on with that train of thought, let's also look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. A few few chapters back. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. And that gives us the definition of a false witness. It says, A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. So here we see that God hates lying in general and then lying in this very specific way, being a false witness, like in a trial. Can you think of a trial that took place in the Bible where false witnesses were presented? I'm reluctant to call it a trial because when you hear the word trial, you may be inclined to think of it as a fair trial. Let's turn to the book of Mark now. Mark chapter 14. And we're going to begin in verse 55. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. 
for many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. Is it reasonable to suppose that the devil, the father of lies, in whom there is no truth, had something to do with it? You know, we're going to see false witnesses rise up again in the book of Acts, where Stephen, a man of God, is put to death. Turn to the book of Acts, chapter 6. The book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. That word suborned means to bribe. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. By the end of the next chapter, in chapter 7, they are stoning Stephen to death. And also remember the admonition not to bear false witness as listed as the ninth commandment in Exodus 20:16, and repeated by our Lord in Matthew 19, verse 18. And the admonition to remember is found in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8, which says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. So what can we expect as we witness the truth of the gospel to others? As we witness the truth of the gospel to others, we can expect a variety of responses. Number one, people may not want to hear the truth. Pilate's question about what is truth that we looked at earlier in John chapter 18, verse 38 seems to have been prompted by what Jesus had said in the previous verse. In John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So implying by that statement that those that are not of the truth do not want to hear or have trouble hearing or believing the truth. It's also possible to have as people to have a strong reaction, a negative reaction against the truth. Jesus earlier when speaking to the scribes and Pharisees said in John chapter 8:45 and because I tell you the truth you believe me not. So they had a strong negative reaction to hearing the truth in John chapter 8:40, "But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham." Unquote. So they may not want to hear the truth. They may have a strong negative reaction to the truth. But they may also think you're, well, you're crazy. And, you know, when you do witness to folks and you start to talk about the Bible and the truth of the Bible, sometimes they will say, oh, you're, you're nuts, that can't be true. 
But Paul, for example, who witnessed and gave his testimony before Festus, this was thought to be, Festus thought him a little crazy. In Acts chapter 26, verses 24 to 25, it says, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. And then finally, some may receive the word. Some that you witness to will receive the word. If you're born again Christian today, well, you did. Praise God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And then in Acts chapter 8, verse 14, says this, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. So the conclusion of the matter, of what is truth? In answer to the question, the answer is, what is truth? A, the Lord Jesus Christ is truth. B, the Holy Spirit is truth. C, God the Father is truth. And D, the Bible is truth. We've also seen that the direct opposite of truth is the devil and his lies. So as a Christian, how can we please God in our worship? Well, the Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How can we worship God in truth? Well, we have access to the book of truth, the Bible, the King James Bible. Would you like to please God by worshiping him in spirit and in truth? then seek out a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that follows the Word of God. I know that's difficult today. We're in the middle of this virus situation, this COVID-19, where, where churches have been essentially shut down, but not completely, because you can go online. Pastor Strobel, as we've talked before, and the link is in, in the show notes again from today, you can go to Pastor Strobel's website, and you can hear truth spoken from the King James Bible a Bible-believing church, uh, a Bible-believing man that preaches the Bible. What about your daily life? Would you like to please God in your daily life, in your walk with God? Then here's how you do it. You judge everything by the Bible. Evaluate your opinions and beliefs by what the Bible says. Where, Where what you think doesn't match up with what the Bible says, change your thinking. When the world promotes or says something that is right and the Bible says it's wrong, Stick with the Bible, the word of truth. I know that's not often easy because often, you know, maybe some of the things that we don't want to know the answer to, maybe there's things that we don't really want to address in our own lives. But I would encourage you to follow what the Bible says. We have the book of truth. We, we, you know, that book, that Bible came to us through many uh, people that gave their lives for us to have that, that book today. So now that we do, let's follow what it says. You know, the Bible says that be doers of the word and not hearers only. And the final analysis and the final end, the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen, guys. Thank you. 
Hey, man, well, that, I mean, that was really good, you know. Yes, it was. It, you know, it, it comes to a point, I remember when uh, I was 23 years old, and I know probably uh, most of you know my testimony, but, you know, I grew up at a good Christian home between my mom and dad, and, you know, we learned the Bible, and we were taught to believe the Bible, but, you know, there comes a point where you actually have to make him your God, your Savior, you have to put all your faith and trust in the word of God. And I can't tell you, especially now with everything that's going on with the COVID-19 and everything, I, I don't know how people do it when they don't have, you know, full tr trust in God. They don't know for sure they're going to heaven. They, they don't trust the Bible. I have no idea how they're, how they're getting by. And, and I, I've said it before, I used to work in the health field as an x-ray technologist and I would say 40 to 50% of the people that would come in uh, were all on some kind of antidepressant medication. And I know, you know, sometimes it is chemically and things like that, but what a blessing it is to trust in God. And, you know, I, I look at uh, Romans 3, verse 3, it says, for what if some did not believe? You know, don't they don't believe the word of God. They don't believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Verse 4 God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. And I love that verse. I quote that verse to many people. And you either believe God, you believe his word, or you believe man. You know, I mean, if you don't believe the Bible, you say, well, I believe, you know, Islam, or I believe the, you know, the Quran or whatever. Well, you're still trusting in man then, because that's not the word of God. And when you look in Jeremiah 17, 5, thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So uh, it's dangerous to believe in man. And I love this quote. I've said it many times, but this is from Dr. George Wald. Now he's a Nobel Prize winner in biology and professor of biology at Harvard. He was. And he said this. Now this is, this is man. This is people that put trust in this man. He said this, and I quote, there are only two possibilities as to how life arose. One is spontaneous generation arising to evolution. The other is supernatural creative act of God. There is no third possibility. Spontaneous generation that life arose from non-living matter was scientifically disproved a hundred years ago by uh, Louis Pasteur and others. That leaves us with only one possible conclusion that life arose as a creative act of God. I will not accept that uh, philosophically because I do not want to believe in God. Therefore, I choose to believe in that which I know is scientifically impossible, spontaneous generation arising to evolution. So that's that's what people are trusting in. And you go to colleges. I went to college for two years. They just take it face face value that, okay, these biologists and things, they, they believe in evolution because it's scientifically proven and we trust man. Well, it's, you better be careful with that. I don't, I, you don't want to trust man instead of trusting God. And then in Jeremiah chapter 17, and you look there in verse 7, it said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. And you are blessed when you trust the Lord. You, are, you, you have great hope and peace, especially going through all this, uh, when you have the Lord. And you know this is the truth. Uh, I, I just wrote down a couple episodes, episode 12, does the Bible out science science? You know, our faith is not a blind faith. Our faith is rooted in the truth and there's substance to it and there's evidence to it. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not uh, things not seen. 
So evolution, no evidence. The word of God, that it is truly the word of God, we got plenty of evidence. In episode 12, episode 25, the superior of the King James Bible, episode 39, prophecy secures our future. We could go on and on. But that's how you know the word of God is God's word and it is truth. And uh, just great study. But, you know, it's just unbelievable how, you know, I think way before I got saved, before 23 years old, the things that I used to trust in and just think I was okay. But thank God I trusted the Lord at 23 years old, trusted the word of God. And if there's anybody listening, don't trust man. Put your hope, faith, trust, everything that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let me let me jump in here. Uh, you know, when you're going through that Bible study, Eric, it, it brought me back to a time uh, over 40 years ago when when I uh, trusted the Lord as my Savior. And in preface to that, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking for truth. Uh, they look in all the wrong places, obviously, but they're they're looking for truth. Some, you know, used to hear about these guys going up into the Himalayas, going up to some guru sitting on top mm-hmm. of a mountain to, you know, what's the meaning of life and what's truth and all this kind of stuff. And they're getting some philosophy, Eastern philosophy and things, and and people are looking for something substantial for which to live. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have... have only experienced religion through some denominational rituals and, you know, standard denominations which have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof, and they don't know what the truth of the scriptures are. Uh, The scriptures are merely just something that that denomination uses to either hold over the people, uh, keep them in fear and things along the way, realize what they have in their hands, obviously, if they have the King James Bible, is is the truth itself. I likewise was looking for something, although I didn't really know what I was looking for. And uh, some guys uh, try, you know, talked to me about the Lord, and I rejected, rejected, rejected. I'm not going to go through the whole testimony there. But the verse that you brought to light there in Ephesians uh, really hit home uh, there in verse 13, it says, In whom also we trusted after we heard the word, the truth of the gospel of your salvation, whom after also that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I remember uh, trying before I actually got saved of turning over new leaves, trying to live uh, a religious life and so forth. And then when I actually asked the Lord to save me, there was something that was just obviously different. I knew something was different inside. And all of a sudden, all the things that I had uh, was hearing from people that were talking to me about the Bible that just seemed to be kind of bouncing off, now all of a sudden uh, had a root. And um, I, I describe it this way. This is the best way that I could I could describe it. From the moment that I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I had this uh, irresistible desire for truth. I, I I wanted truth no matter what. You know, after experiencing salvation and, and knowing that now that my soul was set free and so forth and, and I was eternally secure in God, uh, knowing that those 22 previous years people had been giving me untruth or partial truth, now all of a sudden I'm exposed to truth. And hearing the Bible, you know, all of a sudden it just it just 
up and and my hungry soul was was satisfied and um Again, another verse that you 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 quoted in there says, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." And and having salvation now, and and being able to hear and read the truth, it just set me free to to this point where I'm still on that same trail even to this day. Amen. And it's been a blessing to me, and it's it's uh, uh, giving me purpose. It's giving me life, and. Uh, in essence, set me free. And uh, I appreciate, you know, what the Lord has done. You know, there's a verse I came across here a while back, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get it right, but I believe it's in Psalm 43, verse 3. It says, O send out thy light and thy truth, lead me, let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. And, you know, taking the Jews out of it, just spiritually speaking of myself, when you follow the light and you could say the light of the Word of God and the truth, which is the Word of God, uh, it's going to lead you to Christ and it's going to show you who God really is. It's not going to give you a false God of denominations, but it's going to give you the true God of the Bible. And sometimes that is hard to swallow coming from traditional religion, but it is truth nonetheless. And it will lead you to him, it will lead you to his presence, and in that presence there's peace, and there's satisfaction, and there's joy. And that's what all these people are looking for, and they're looking for it in all the wrong places. Amen. All they have to do is trust the Lord and trust him as their Savior, and they, it'll lead them right to him. Amen. Lord. Good Amen. 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 I love the subject. I love the uh, text. It's one I've preached on myself. It's been a while uh, ago when I when I was uh, preaching on it, preached on it more than once. But um, for many years, we uh, have put on the program Drawing Men to Christ on a local cable station, which are Dr. Ruckman's Chalk Talks, and we're still doing that. And back um, a good number of years ago when I was uh, doing it in uh, some of the fairly early days— although I'd been doing it for a while by then at that time, <clears throat> we'd have to do some editing because we would get the videotapes in half-inch format and the local cable station, uh, they used three-quarter-inch uh, higher-quality uh, tapes for playback. And so I'd have to take the tape from the half-inch and I'd have to uh, record it down there at the studio onto the uh, three-quarter-inch and it allowed us to do some um, you know, attachment of our church and uh, putting an, an intro and an outro on it and, you know, some other messages in between. But in so doing that, one day uh, there was a guy there who also did a some sort of a program, and uh, I got into discussion with him. I, I, I had not seen him before, um, and I think it was something he was wearing on his shirt that had something that made me think, well, maybe this guy is a Bible believer or something, <laughs> a Christian. Come to find out he wasn't a Bible believer and he wasn't a, a Christian. Uh, I, I don't really know what he was saying with his shirt, but we got into a big Bible discussion and come to find out that he was a teacher over at Niagara County Community College. And so after we got talking, uh, he invited me to go and come and uh, be a guest speaker at his class oh. and just talk about whatever I wanted. Amen. And so I confirmed, I said, so I can talk, I can say whatever I want, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So we set a day, and one morning I went into class, and 
I mean, right before class is getting ready to start, he'd meet me out in the hall trying to tell me uh, I need to do it a little bit different. I wanted to try to tie it in with something about Martin Luther King or something like that. And I'd say, look, I got what I got, and that's what I'm going to give him. So <laughs> it was no time to change anything then. But at any rate, what I prepared was I, I preached there at NCCC on um, what is truth Amen. to those young minds. And I started out by expounding on Pilate's question, you know, what is truth as being, you know, the age-old philosopher's question. And mm-hmm. then I gave them um, some of the very points that Eric brought out today about, I, I think the three points I emphasized was um, Jesus is truth, uh, the Word of God is truth, and the Holy Spirit is truth. And uh, then uh, that took up about half the class. And when it was finished, it was kind of funny. I, I, maybe they did this for all guest speakers probably, but when I was done, they all clapped. <laughs> <laughs> and w- <laughs> But then, then came question and answers. Amen. <laughs> that was a little less clappy. But uh, <laughs> did they have we, they have questions had, for you? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we had fun. Um, and so that that was that that reminded me of that time. It was a it was a real good time. Um, I'm thinking now, inspired by your podcast here today, I'm thinking about preparing another message called You Can't Handle the Truth. Then I thought of another one I might do too. Seriously, the, uh, truth. the truth is out there. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but, but the problem is, you know, folks don't want it. They don't want it. They would sooner, mm-hmm. as, as Matt's illustration uh, showed, they would sooner believe a lie than embrace the truth because the yes. truth is uncomfortable. Amen. And the fact is, when you want it bad enough, God will show it to you. God just waiting for folks that want the truth. And apart from that, you're just going to be, as uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 7 says, you're just going to be ever learning mm-hmm. and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Right. And then uh, one last thing of that, uh, John 8, 32, which has been mentioned a couple times, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. An interesting thing about that is that is actually the end of a sentence that uh, begins in the previous verse. Right. And that says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, Amen. then are ye my disciples indeed, right. and ye right. shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. So that's where you're going to find it, as Eric was pointing out. His word is truth, and you need to study and show yourself approved unto God. And um, I, I, I believe I also challenged those guys in the class to uh, read the Bible for themselves to find out. And I told them what I would say often, especially back in that day, is that no man's education is complete without a knowledge of the Bible. Amen. So go, go check it out for yourself. Amen. 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 And that is the truth. <laughs> and, and, and I try to be able to handle the truth, uh, despite what Jack Nicholson says. Um, but it's amazing to me still that there's as soon as, I mean, you could talk about any subject under the sun, politics, whatever it is going to be, uh, Hinduism, Islam, as soon as you bring up the Bible, Christianity, oh, but, uh, but people get, they get weird. <laughs> they get, uh, I don't know what it is. Something comes over them. They, they, they're, it's almost like, you know, those old vampire movies where you hold up a cross <laughs> you hold, you pull up a Bible. It's like ah, they you know recoil in terror sometimes. It's weird. Well, I'll elaborate on it since you brought it up. But one time I was doing door to door visitation, and we were actually on the road where uh, Steve might remember this on Cottage out there where Steve Weiss used to live. We were on on that street there. Yep. yep. And I was <clears throat> I was up closer towards 
the beginning of the street where you would get on it from, um, I believe it was Route 77, Chestnut Ridge Road. And it might have been the first house there, on, but it was one of the first ones. But I, I was knocking on, I knocked on the door. I was talking to the guy and having, man, it seemed like I was getting somewhere. You know how it is. Liberty mm-hmm. witness was going good. And I, and I thought I had a real good chance to really lay it out to him. And at that point, I pulled out my New Testament to begin to show him some things. And when I did that, he he literally recalled. I mean, he went backwards, halfway across the room, started wow. waving his arms, turned around in a circle, came back to the door. Mm. like, no, 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 no. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> Strangest I thing. Ha- I, I had something similar. It was kind of funny. When I first got saved, I had a Gideon's New Testament that I put in my pocket. And uh, lunchtime, you know, a lot of times when you get your tray and you're sitting down with a bunch of guys and stuff like that, and you bow your head and pray, and you're getting all the mocking and all that kind of stuff. So after a while, I uh, I said I, I'm I'm getting tired of putting up with this stuff. So I took the New Testament as I got the tray, I set it down, grabbed the New Testament, put it on the table, just not open, just put it on the table. There wasn't any words that were said, and they got up very quickly and then left. So I figured if I wanted to eat in peace and quiet, all I had to do was put the Bible out on the table. Amen. Amen. Powerful book. It yeah, sure I think is. it's I think it's amazing too. You could even bring this to the Bible version also. I mean, I I remember having Bible studies and with people at my work, and uh, most of them believed the King James Bible, but we'd have some people come that of course didn't and. Uh, we put that King James Bible down, and uh, I remember one gentleman, I believe he was saved, but, you know, he he's like, uh, you know, what Bible version is that? It says the King James Bible. I believe it's perfect word of God. And, and he got this, he got this disgusted look on his face, and he was like, oh, you're one of those, the, the King James only, you know? And, and then he looked at his wife, which he had been coming, you know, because I used to work with her in the office, and so she was coming a couple times before, and then he came, you know? And, and she's like, oh, you know, and it was like this, it was like this disgusted look on their face that I believe that God was powerful enough to preserve one perfect book to us, you know, and, uh, and then never came back to the Bible studies again. It's just sad. Even, even Christians have a hard time believing that there is one perfect truth out there. And it's sad. And that's because. Can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nope. you need to follow that up with "You're absolutely right." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could find it fast enough. There it is. Absolutely correct. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today and and doing right. the podcast. Thanks for the study. Appreciate amen. it. Yep, amen. Pastor Strobel, I think you're up next. All right. Looking forward to that. And uh, like to thank the Gospel Quartet from Buckley Road Baptist Church in Liverpool, New York, um, for this song, Jesus is Coming Soon. And amen, we're waiting and looking forward to that day. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, Lord willing, we'll see you again real soon. Rise, righteous be in the skies, going where no
This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.